Grace and peace to you from God the Father and his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning. Uh, as Pastor John said, my name is Erin Nelson, and I serve on our bishop's staff of the Northwest Synod of Wisconsin. I come this morning bringing greetings from the entire staff, and uh, I come to thank you for your partnership with the Northwest Synod of Wisconsin and for all the ways that you support the shared ministry with your prayers and your gifts. Um, that word synod, does anybody know what that word synod means? It's a Greek word that means together. Uh, and we understand that all the 198 congregations in the Northwest Synod of Wisconsin are walking together, joining together to serve Christ in this corner of Wisconsin. And we thank you for the way that you partner with the rest of the synod. So today we're celebrating this day of epiphany. And that word epiphany means to reveal or to be made known. And today we, we um, leave the season of Christmas and we enter into this new church season where we celebrate Jesus being made known all over the world. And that begins with the wise men, those, those strange gift givers. Uh, and the story of the wise men is one that I find really interesting. Uh, in the Bible. It's one of the most mysterious stories surrounding the, the birth of Jesus. They're mentioned in only one of the four Gospels, and what is said about them is brief, even cryptic. What we read today is everything that is said about the wise men in the entire Bible. It's remarkably little, and most of what we think we know about the wise men comes from legends and stories. Uh, the Bible tells us they come from the East, we are told that they read the night sky and that they bear gifts to this child whose star they have observed. We're not told that, our, that there are three, that's from legends, um, and we aren't told that they're kings. That word magi that the Bible uses, that, Bible use, that means that they're astrologers. Um, a lot of scholars believe that the magi maybe belong to the priestly caste of Zoroastrianism, which is an Eastern religion that paid attention to the stars. And this, this cast gained uh, an international reputation for astronomy. Uh, I read a few weeks ago that Notre Dame, the University of Notre Dame right now, their astronomy department is doing a research project to try to discover what might have happened in the night sky around the time of Jesus' birth. What is it uh, that, those, that those, those magi saw? And the astrophysicists were expecting to find evidence of a supernova or an exploding star, but instead of finding one star doing something spectacular, they found that around 7 BC, around the time Jesus may have been born, the sun, the moon, Jupiter, and Saturn literally aligned to form a great light. So the planets aligned around that time. And whether this is what they saw or not, uh, it was by divine guidance that those magi set out on their, on their adventure. So they were following the star, and as they were following the star, they began to ask around, um, talking to those they met about this possibility of a king being born. And King Herod uh, caught wind of this, and he called the magi to him. And this terrifies King Herod. He was known as being very power hungry. He had his own children exiled or executed so that he could keep the throne for himself. In his mind, there is room for only one king. And as he sends the Magi in his way, he requests that once they find the child, they let him know. And what he doesn't tell them is that he's planning on killing this new baby to ensure that he will remain the only king. So the Magi, they continue on their journey, and they find Jesus, and they're filled with joy 
at the birth of this one who might bring change and usher in a new age. Uh, and they recognized this child was different, one worthy of worship. And as worship, they brought those gifts, not practical gifts. Uh, one of my good friends just had her fifth baby. I bought her a box of diapers, right? That's a practical gift, right? They didn't bring a changing table or diapers or some new clothes. Instead, they brought gifts that uh, were precious, gifts appropriate for a king, gifts that convey honor. But then comes the interesting part. These men who are open to revelations uh, have a dream. And in this dream, um, they're, they're told that uh, they're given insights to Herod's true nature. Um, the jealousy that he has about this baby being born and his plans to kill the baby. And after meeting with baby Jesus, they avoid Herod and return home a different route, but telling others as they travel to distant land about this tiny Messiah that is born. So that word epiphany again means to be made known. And this story is all about how far God reaches to ensure all people receive the good news of Christ's distance, of Christ's birth. And I don't just mean the physical distance that, is re that the Magi's message reach. What I find really interesting about this story is we're given this story about these guys from the East who are scientists and astronomers who probably practiced a different religion. And God uses their faith and knowledge to bring them to Christ. More ironic, God uses these scientists who practice another religion to let King Herod and the chief priests and scribes of the Jewish religious leaders in on the news that their own Messiah has been born. Isn't that crazy? God seems to do whatever it takes to reach out and embrace people, and God announces the birth of Messiah to shepherds through these angels on Christmas, to the Magi on Epiphany, and to the political and religious authorities um, through visitors from the East. So we have this manger where this child lies um, and God's reach, God is embraced and Jesus Christ gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that reach is only amplified when we talk about Christ's own ministry. Jesus eats with outcasts and sinners. He touches the people who are sick and people who live with disabilities. He calls the dead back to life. And ultimately, Jesus draws all people to himself, even as he is lifted up on the cross. In Christ Jesus, no one is beyond God's embrace. However, when I think about the story and the vastness that God reaches out to all people, sometimes it makes me a little nervous because we have this story where these scientists who practice another religion are the people that God reaches out to in order to share the good news of the birth of his son. And this idea sometimes pushes me beyond my comfort zones. And it makes me uncomfortable because I have to ask, who are the people in our world that God works through if God tells others about the birth of his son through scientists who practice a different religion? Who are God's people if Christ's birth is first announced not to the scribes and the Pharisees and the fancy people who are, who are um, in charge of the religion, but to a bunch of dirty shepherds and some foreign immigrants? What does it mean for individuals to have faith and for the gathering of the faithful to be church if we see in the stories we read in our scripture God working in and through people who don't even know who God is? The Magi didn't find Jesus through preaching or through liturgy or through a sacrament or through a welcoming congregation. These are all things I hold dear. But they came seeking Christ after studying the night sky. 
And as someone who holds on to the favored, cherished ways that God works to proclaim the gospel and bring people to faith, it is always frightening to realize anew that God's own work of embracing all people is more mystery than formula because God's ways are bigger than my understanding. So this morning, I invite you to join me in asking some big and scary questions as we ponder this story. How do we sense God reaching out to embrace people in our world today? Where is it that you experience Christ's grace and glory? Where do you see Christ reaching out to care for the outcast and to invite the uninvited and to care for the people who feel uncared for? And how can you learn more about Jesus through people who maybe don't even know who he is? I don't mean to say this morning that liturgy and worship and sacraments aren't important, because they are. They are very important. Gathering together and being filled by God's gifts are important. But this is not all that church is. <coughs> being church is a place without walls, where we feel empowered and called to be Christ's presence to the whole world, where we feel free to act as Christ to people wherever we go and wherever we are. So again, how do we sense God reaching out to embrace people? Where in this world, not just in this room, in this space, where in this world do we experience God's grace and glory? And where do we see Christ reaching out to care for the outcast? I bet it is not only in this space and not only during church activities. Because what this story tells us is that God's reach into the world is huge. It's way bigger than we can imagine. It's bigger than the walls of a church. It's bigger than our traditions. And while these things are good and useful, we need to remember that God is out there transforming lives who don't even know what church looked like, who have never read the Bible, and who have never had a worship experience. So what is our role in this? What is the role of us who love and know Jesus and gather here to worship and be fed by his meal? I think that our role is to be church without walls to gather here to be formed and taught and fed, and then go out and be church out there. To find those people that Christ is reaching out to, even if they don't know his name, even if they're spiritual and not religious, even if they are here illegally from a different place, even if they are outcasts and lowly. And I think this story about these men that we call wise mirrors our experience of faith. It mirrors our experience of worship. We gather here, we meet Jesus, we find joy, we offer our worship and our gifts. And when we do that, and perhaps because we have done that, we go home a different way. We may follow the same geographical route, but we go home changed because every time that we encounter Jesus Christ, we are changed. And we go out there to share Christ with others. And we do this at home, we do this at work, we do this at our kids' soccer game, at the grocery store, and everywhere else, because what this story tells us, most of all, is that God is working in and through all people, even the most unlikely. And our role, I think our role perhaps is to be the star. We are that light that guides searchers to Jesus Christ. So, Christ is calling us to be a church without walls. He's calling us to be his light, to be church here and then to go and be church out there, helping to find those people who are searching and lost that God is working in and through and showing them the way to Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God for you and to your ministry. Amen.